Guys, how are you guys doing? Oh man, some of you are doing awesome because last night some of you actually became alive and been set free from being slaves of sin and now being slaves of God who adopts you as his children. That just happened. Who did that happen for last night? Raise your hand. If that you went, I gave my life to Jesus Christ for the first time last night. Raise your hand up high. You guys, everybody else, I know we want to give them a hand again. This is awesome, you guys. And give God a hand, because God's the one who did it. So, oh, you guys, it's so awesome. Now, I'm going to assume that at least most of the rest of us have already given our lives to Jesus Christ, right? You're going, okay, I, I know I'm not of this world. Maybe I don't act like it all the time, but I know that's not who I am. That's what I want us to concentrate on now. Remember the first night. The key to life is not, it's not even what you are. It's what you think you are. It's what you believe you are. It's what you know you are that changes things. So you guys, I want to talk to you. Some of you maybe still going, I don't, I'm not, I haven't decided to give my life to Jesus Christ. This is, I want you to hear this about what a life is with Jesus Christ. But really what I'm talking to today and tomorrow it doesn't apply to somebody who's not a follower of Jesus. You can't live this life unless you give it to Jesus. So with that said, guys, I'm ready to talk to all of you going, okay, I'm a follower of Jesus, now what? Let's look at uh, the key verse again for the verse you guys are memorizing for the, for the weekend. Anybody got it memorized? Really? What's the first line? Oh, man. My prayer is not to take them out of this world. Okay, okay, but that you... Okay, let's all say that part. You guys know that part? So one, two, three. My prayer. Okay, let's stop right there. Let's talk about that. Because then he's, it, right after that, he says, I remember who you are, that you're not of this world. Like even Jesus isn't of this world. So we, we know that. So he says, hey, protect them from the evil one. He says, God, would you protect them? Would you give them what they need so that they don't act like something that they're not? Because what's the evil one? The evil one's Satan. What's his goal to do for, with us? To tempt us to, to what? To sin. To not act like what you really are. And if he can do that, you're just gonna be, we're just going to be like spinning like, like, a, like a, 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 a truck in a bunch of mud, just spinning, 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 and you're not getting anywhere. But guys, I gotta tell you, for a long time in my life, that's exactly what I would describe myself as, just spinning my wheels. Trying to go, but not really being able to get there. Because when it comes to being tempted, this is what's so weird. And maybe even for some of you, you're going, PJ, you keep saying you're not a slave of sin. I'm not a slave of sin, but I don't feel like that. I just keep sitting. And for a long time in my life, I actually thought that's what normal Christian life was. Not that... Not like just sinning, but I thought the normal Christian life is actually being forgiven, which is really good, right? We're forgiven of our sins. And I thought that's the key. Guys, I, I found myself going in a cycle, spinning around and around in this certain cycle. And I want you to do this. You guys got, if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes on a different piece of paper, that's great. But I want you to, I think on Sunday morning, I just drew it on mine just to show you maybe how you can do it. But just draw two circles. 
And if you got another piece of paper you're taking notes in, just draw two circles. If you're going, I want to draw one circle there, and you can draw another circle on page eight. There's a big blank spot on page eight if you want to draw both the circles there. But if you're taking notes, I just want you to draw a couple of circles. That you're also going to write on the lines of those circles. Almost imagine them as a clock that just keeps on going around and around and around. Okay? So imagine that. And this is a cycle I was in for a long time. On the first circle, on the very top at 12 o'clock, write down, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to sin. Does temptation still happen? Yes, good. Okay. Boy, if, you're, if I'm the only one that's tempted, that's terrible. Okay. Uh, but I'm tempted to sin. Jesus Christ was tempted to sin. Satan even wanted to, to get him to fall. So he goes, man, that's what Satan wants to do, to get us to, te to tempt us to sin. And so for a long time, I'm being tempted to sin. And at about three o'clock, write down, I sin. I sin. See, it didn't, and maybe it was, now the time between 12 o'clock and 3 o'clock, it could go fast or slow. Those hands go fast. Like, I could be tempted, and a second later, I sin. Or I could be tempted, and then, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not going to sin, I'm not going to sin. And then eventually, but eventually, eventually, I sin. And then at about 6 o'clock, write down, I repent. Or I confess. I repent of that sin. And when I talk about repent, you guys, I'm not saying like, or confess your sins. It's not, okay, God, I sinned, and then you walk on. Confession really is an attitude, a change of your mind. It's like, repent means to change, to change the direction you're thinking. So it really is, as I always said this about when you repent, it means this, this really is sin. Like I go, this is sin. I'm not gonna say it's not sin anymore, because sometimes we tell, tell ourselves, it's not really sin. Ah, it's not really that bad, right? It's not, ah, it's, not, it's not really sin. No, this is sin, and this is a really big deal, when I say it's a really big deal, what does sin lead to? Death. Death. Even that sin that I think is giving me what I want. That's a lie. It's not, God, I, I'm going to look at this the way you do. This is sin that separates me from me. This is sin that leads to death. This is not good at all. This is a really big deal. And then the third thing might be the hardest one, and it's all my fault. This isn't Satan's fault. This isn't my mom's fault. This isn't this other person's fault who got me angry. This isn't this the society culture's fault for you know giving me this. It's not anybody's fault. It's not your fault, God. It's my fault. Totally my fault. That's repentance. This is sin. This is a really big deal. I don't want to keep going down this. This is death. It's all my fault, God. All my fault. I'm sorry. That's repentance. So eventually, just like I don't know how long it takes between temptation and me sinning, sometimes right when I sin, I repent. You ever done that? Like right after you're like, oh, I, this is really bad. I don't, I don't want to do this. Sometimes I live in it for a while. Like David did when he sinned for almost a year. You remember that? And he just, he held it, and then he finally repented. So there might be a time, I don't know how long it is, but eventually, eventually, because I really am a follower of Jesus, because I really am a child of God, because I really sense, like, this is not good. This is miserable. You're actually, you're living in misery, and you're just being stubborn. But you finally repent, right? And then immediately, this is the only one that I know is immediate. 
right away, one second afterwards, at nine o'clock, right down, I'm restored. God doesn't go, I don't know, PJ. Again? Really? Uh, let me think about it this time. Let me think about if I'm going to forgive you. Let me think about if I'm going to restore our relationship again and make us, you know, the healthy relationship that we've had. You know, I, no, he doesn't do that. He says, you're my child. You've always been my child. And now that we've been separate, I'm welcoming you, welcoming you back. We're back totally, fully, totally restored. And if I bring up that sin again to God, I go, God, man, I remember when I sinned and I repented that. You know what he says? He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. That's God with true repentance, not fake repentance. With true repentance, he says, we're back together. Got it? But if we're following the cycle, what's next on the cycle? I'm tempted. Then what's next? I sin. And then what's next? I repent. And then what's next? I'm restored. And then what's next? I'm tempted. And then what's next? I sin. Are you seeing the spin in the wheels? It's good. You guys, it's so true. If we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1, 9. If you want to write something in the middle of this circle, this is what I call this circle, this cycle, the forgiveness cycle. You want to just write that in there? That's not a bad thing. Guys, it is so good. At the end of Romans chapter 5, he says, you know what? No matter how much sin there is, God's grace is more. And it doesn't matter how many times I go through that, if there's true repentance, if there's truly, I, I really do want to walk with him, or I do really want to, want to live my life for him, he continues to say, I'm with you. I have patience with you. I'm not going to give up on you. I'm faithful even when you're not. I mean, that's God. But that was my life. There's a cycle of sinning, repenting, restoring, sinning, repenting, repenting, forgiving, for sinning, the forgiveness cycle, forgiveness cycle, forgiveness cycle, forgiveness cycle. And at, for a long time, you guys, like some of us in this room, you think, isn't that it? Aren't we just glad that we're forgiven? Because there's no way we're going to not be able to sin. Really? I mean, isn't this, and if one day we'll die... And finally, we won't sin anymore. Finally. Is that really the plan? Or is there another plan? Because you are not of this world. And he just prayed, God, would you protect them from the evil one? What does he really pray? He's praying, I pray that they don't stay in this cycle. I pray that they wouldn't be able to, to fall into this temptation. But he says, I, he doesn't say, I pray they protect themselves from the evil one. Do you notice he says, what he says? Who protects us from the evil one? God does. So maybe we're actually leaving God out of the picture when we face sin. Maybe we're not relying on God to not sin. Maybe we're relying on who to not sin? Us. I don't want to sin. I have a lot of willpower. I'm going to really try hard to not sin. And you guys, there's some of you guys in this room, you're so tired because you've been trying so hard not to sin. And God's going, why are you trying? What? It's not about trying, you guys. It's about trusting. It's always about trusting. Relying on the only one who can defeat sin, and it ain't you. So let's learn, turn to Romans chapter 6, you guys. 
Guys, are there Romans chapter 6 tells us an incredible thing. I told you already, I'm just going to read Romans chapter 5, the last part of it, just, just as you're turning there. He says, he says in verse, like the last couple of verses, he says, verse 20 of chapter 5, that the law was brought in so the trespass might increase. Like, sin's going to always go Sin's not going to go away. Sin's going to just keep on going. He says, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Don't worry about it because as much sin as there is, God's grace and forgiveness will always be there. So when you think about that, you think, well, then what's the big deal about me sinning? So he actually says it. In chapter 6, if you're there, verse 1, he says this, what shall we say then? So what's the conclusion? Because God has more grace, and there's always going to be forgiveness when we sin if we have true repentance. So what does that mean? He says, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? He just says, so how about it then? We just keep on sinning to just continue to experience God's forgiveness? Is that the plan? Is the forgiveness cycle the plan? And then look what he says. What does he say in verse 2? What does it say? By no means, or absolutely not, whatever version you have, but I have, a, I have the NIV. By no means, no way is what he's saying. Are you kidding me? Well, what do you mean? Is there another way? And then he says this. He goes, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? You're not of this world anymore. You're not part of this sinful world anymore. You've been separated from it. You've been cut off from it. You don't have to continue to live like the world lives. You're dead to sin now. He says, or don't you know? This is where you talk about your identity. Do you not know something? Wait a second. Maybe you don't know that you're not a slave of sin anymore. Maybe that's the problem. Well, you know, all I am as a sinner. That's just what I do. If that's what I think, guess what I'm going to keep doing? Yeah. I've lost it already because I'm not convinced of who I am now. But he says, don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus, that word baptism, it's not, it's not talking about the, like baptism when you get baptized. Baptized just means, the word just means to be placed into so he says, don't you know that all of us who have been placed into Jesus Christ were baptized or placed into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, through this placing into Jesus, into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may, may live a new life. This is what he's saying. You guys, I want you to know what happened to you. Last night, this is what happened to some of you who stood up and gave your life to Jesus Christ. For the rest of us, it happened when we gave our life to Jesus. But here's what happened. You were placed into Jesus Christ spiritually. And kind of retroactively, you were placed into his death, into his burial, and into his resurrection. You died last night. The slave of sin died last night, was buried last night, and you were raised up, born again, a new creation, a new creature, a new person was raised up last night. A whole new life. Do you know that? This was Paul says, oh, wait a second, maybe you don't know that. And if you don't know that, if you still think you're a slave of sin, well, then that's why you're just going to keep on sinning and just count on God's forgiveness but that's not who you are. Let's keep going. Look what he says. He says, 
For if we have been united with him, in verse 5, in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Like, this is really true. You've been put to death, and you've been raised up. He says, for we know, this is another, we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. This person that was ruled by sin is gone. And he says that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Here's what happened, you guys. We were, before Jesus, before giving our life to Jesus, we were slaves of sin. And by the way, it's a slavery for life. There's different kinds of slaves in the Roman Empire that, that, that he's talking about, because there are slaves in the Roman Empire. So that's why he knows what they're going to understand. Some slaves were just slaves for a certain amount of time. They pay off a debt, and then there's no more slavery. Some slaves were slaves for life. We were slaves of sin for life. Master and us for life. There's only two ways for a slave to be set free if they're a slave for life. What's one way that I could be set free? Can you think of it? It's something that happens to the master. What happens to the master? What? The master dies. If the master dies, I'm free. Now there's a second, that's the one I would prefer. There's another way that I can be set free. I don't like this one. But it is another way that I can actually be set free from being slaves to this master for life. And it's something that happens to me. And what happens to me? I die. That's the only way to get out of this thing. Either the master dies or I die. And I would, I would have thought that when God followed Jesus, and I, you know, he loves me, I would think that I'd go, oh, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And I would think, okay, Jesus, go ahead, kill that master. And I go, yeah, he's going to kill sin. He's going to destroy sin. And God says, oh, no, 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 no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to kill you. What? Yeah, because I love you so much, I'm going to kill you. But don't worry, you're not going to stay dead. I'm going to bury you, and then I'm going to raise you up from the death, from dead to actually live a new life. So now I die, I'm buried, I'm risen from the dead, I was a master to that to that or a slave to that master for life, but I died. Risen from, and now I can now have a new master, a whole new relationship, and I can be a slave to this master for life. Does that make sense? And this master, like I said, turns around and says, "I love you so much. I'm adopting you into my family." I call him master, and he calls me his child. That's what happens. That's what Paul said. And you guys, seriously, for some of you, you didn't know that until just now. You just didn't know it. But one of the keys of being able to live a life free from sin is to know who you are. You are not a slave of sin anymore. You're a slave of God. That's just who you are. You've been set free from sin because everybody who dies has been set free from sin. Then he says... He goes in, in verse, uh, verse 9, he says this. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. He's talking about Jesus now. How many times did Jesus die and was buried and rise from the dead? How many times? One time. 
then he says in verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to to God in Christ Jesus. How many times do we have to die, be buried, and be resurrected? One time. Sometimes this is what we think. Well, and you know, I'm a slave of God now, but then we sin. Oh, now I'm over here. I'm a slave of sin anymore. I guess I better die again and be buried and be raised up again. Oh, now I'm going to go over here. I guess I better. No, it's a one-time deal. Just like it was with Jesus. You are dead to sin once and for all. Even if you sin, even if you act like a slave of sin, does that make you a slave of sin? No. If I was a dog and I was suddenly transformed into a human being, and I decide to act like a dog, does that mean I become a dog? No, it just means I look stupid. It just means I look weird. It means I'm I'm like, what are you you doing? And that's what happens with followers of Jesus. When we sin, it is like, why are you acting like something that you're not? You have the freedom to, you can if you want, but it just looks ridiculous. And we know what it leads to, death. He says, man, this has happened one time where you just know know that you've been changed and you've been changed for good. Then he says, therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Now you have a choice. So I want you on the second circle. This is now the circle that starts the same way. On the very top of the second circle, right I'm tempted because temptation hasn't gone away. Sin hasn't gone away. Did God kill sin or did God kill me? Killed me. Is sin still alive? Yeah. Sin's still there. So I'm still tempted. At three o'clock, instead of writing, I sin, write this. I remember what I am. We just sang a song. I am who you say I am. And you can in your mind go through a lot of things. Wait a second, I'm not a slave of sin anymore. I'm a child of God. Wait a second, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Wait a second, I died, I was buried, I've been raised as a new person. I am now a slave of God. I'm not a slave of sin anymore. You have to take time to remember what you are. This is gonna take, this is gonna take practice, you guys, because most of the time when we're tempted, we don't think at all. Seriously. We just try to wing it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, well, I, I know I'm being tempted. I'll try to stop. Take a minute. Remember who you are. Take a second. This isn't who I am. As you keep doing that, you'll be able to do it quicker and quicker and quicker to remind yourself who you are. Are you a slave of sin? Who are you a slave to? Are you of this world? You're not of this world. You have a different kingdom. You're a child of God. You're a new creation. I don't have to, I don't have to just do what sin wants me to do anymore. Remember who you are. 
Then he says, that's the key to not letting sin reign in your body, but letting God reign in your body. Here's the deal then at six o'clock. This is what we're going to write. Just look, let's read it first. Verse 13. He says, how do you do it then? How do you now not allow sin yourself to sin, but you allow yourself to have victory over sin? He says this, do not offer any part of your, of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. Okay, let's stop right there first. He says, don't offer yourself to sin now. You remember who you are, so stop offering yourself to sin. You guys, for a long time, I stopped at that line. And this is still a problem. Because get this, I actually started thinking this way. Wait a second, I'm not a slave of sin anymore. I started going like, wait, I'm not a slave of sin anymore. I don't have to sin anymore. You mean I'm not, contr- I don't have to. Do- so I would, so what sin was, would present itself to me, this is kind of what it looked like if I, if I looked at sin as a master. I would go, hey, sin, I don't belong to you anymore. I belong to God. So I'm not a slave of you anymore. So go ahead, have at it. Give me all you got. I'm going to say no to you. I'm not going to say yes to you. And you know what sin basically does? Laughs and says, okay, PJ, let's go at it. And every single time that I try not to sin, do you know what I end up doing? I end up sinning. Every time. Maybe you've experienced the same thing. I really do try. I really, really do try. I really, really, really do. I'm even remembering, PJ, I remember like, I'm not a sinner. I'm not a slave of sin anymore. That's not my identity anymore. That's not where I, I might be able to sin, but I'm not, that's not who I am anymore. And I th- remember that. And I try really hard and I go, God, I'm really going to try for you. And, and I try to take on sin and sin just keeps, I, keeps on overpowering me. Guys, did sin die? No, sin's still alive. Do you remember what we said? And this is what I have to remember. What's the second most powerful thing in the universe? Who's, the, who's more powerful than sin? You? See, I started thinking I am. Oh, now that I'm a child of God, I'm more powerful than sin. And God's over here going, PJ, what are you doing? What do you do? Well, I'm not a slave of sin anymore. You know, hey, thanks, God. Now watch what I, I'm going to do this for you. And God says, that's not how it's supposed to work. It's not just saying no to sin. It's not just trying to say no to sin. No to sin. No to sin. I'm not going to offer myself to sin. That's not how the verse ends. Let's start it over again. Verse 13. Don't offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. What does it say in the next words? But, but, instead, NIV says, but rather, in the place of that, do this instead. Offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. It's not as much to say no to sin in the moments that we're tempted, but saying yes to God. It's not going, I'm not going to offer myself to sin. It's offering myself to someone else because you guys, we are all going to be slaves of someone. Remember, that's how we're built. I'm not independent. 
And so if I try to independently fight sin, I will lose every time. I'm meant to be dependent. And if I say, I'm just not going to depend on sin, but I don't say, don't replace that with, I'm going to depend on God instead, I will end up depending on sin. You go, well, how is that? You know, because we're not slaves of sin anymore. Was Adam a slave of sin? He was created a slave of sin? Oh. So he tried to handle sin on his own, and he wasn't a slave of sin. He was made good. He was made perfect. He was a perfect human being. And when he tried to handle sin on his own and not depend on God instead, what happened? He sinned because he was not created more powerful than sin. Only God is created more powerful than sin. That didn't mean he was imperfect. It means that's just who he is. He was created to be dependent on God. And if he doesn't decide to do that, he will be dependent on sin. That's just what's going to happen. For us, you guys, we go, well, what happened to Adam? For us, if we're not slaves of sin, we're the same way. If we're not dependent on God when we face an opportunity to sin, we're going to sin. And it takes a whole lot of training now because we've been trying to handle sin so much on our own for God. It's been great. You, your, your heart is so good. I just want to do this for you, God. And God just keeps saying, I don't want you to do this for me. I want to do this through you. You have to depend on me. You can't not sin on your own. doesn't matter how perfect you are. doesn't matter how much of a not, not a slave of sin you are. I created Adam perfect, and he couldn't do it. What makes you think you can you're not meant to do it. I'm meant to do it through you. Just keep depending on me. Guys, the Christian life is not about trying. It's about trusting. The Christian life is not about performing. It's about offering. You guys, on six o'clock, after I remember who I am, that's right, I don't need to say, but I still can't handle this on my own. Write this down. I offer myself to God instead of sin. I offer myself to God in that moment instead of sin. This is kind of how it's gone for me. I'm tempted. Okay, that's not who I am. I know that's not who I am. I really want what sins offer me because sin is telling me what I want to hear and it wants to give me what I want not what I need. And I know it's not true. I know God is the one that's my master now. I know God, that's in my mind. And so, because I have to offer myself to someone, I'm going to, on purpose right now, say, God, I'm giving myself to you right now. And your Holy Spirit, you live inside of me. I cannot handle this sin on my own. I can't. So I'm going to just offer myself to you. And when you just work through me and you take care of this sin for me. Every time that I have prayed that kind of prayer, facing a chance to sin, I'm telling you, as I keep praying, I don't sin. And that's at 9 o'clock. Write down. I 
don't sin. Every time I stop offering myself to God, even for a second, I end up sinning. You're like, well, I'm not used to doing that. I just face sin and I try really hard not to sin. That's the problem. So you have, we have to start rethinking the way that we try to handle sin. Does that make sense? Like tr- rethink, just, just, and afterwards, if you fail, afterwards just go, okay, where did I go wrong? Did I, did I, did I not remember who I was? Did I, oh, wait, I did, I wasn't trying to offer myself to sin, but I also wasn't like in the moment, like purposefully offering myself to God. Instead, that's what happened. But you guys, now, this is what's crazy. Now, if I don't sin, I offer myself to God, and then I don't sin. Do you know, I, I, if this is what would happen, this means I didn't do it right. If I go, hey, God, you see that? I didn't sin. You're welcome. You're welcome. You know, sometimes if we, if we don't sin, you're like, oh, I was tempted and I didn't sin, and oh, I'm so proud of myself. I was strong enough that I didn't sin. Guess what? You're sinning right now. Every time we don't sin, Who's it because of? Us? It's because of who? Because of God. And we just held on to him. We just didn't let go of him. And God has victory through us over sin. That's what happens. Right in the middle of that circle, instead of forgiveness cycle, right victory cycle. This is the victory cycle. I'm tempted. I remember who I am. I offer myself to God, and I keep offering myself to God. I don't sin. And then what happens again, right after I don't sin, what happens? Tell me on the cycle, what's, what's next? I'm tempted. It doesn't go away. I offer myself to God. I'm tempted. And sometimes, you guys, that circle can go slow. It can go fast. There's some times where I am tempted, and I go, this is who I am. God, I'm offering myself to you. I'm offering myself. And then then I turn around, and I go, whoa, okay, it's not happening. And then one second later, I'm tempted to do it again. No, it's not who I am. God, I offer myself to you. And God has victory over me, over sin for me. Here's the deal, you guys. Here's what it looks like in the Christian life to, to begin to look like you're not of this world, just in it, but you're not really of it. And it's to live on the victory cycle. But I want to encourage you with this. Some of you, you didn't even know there was a victory cycle. And by the way, now write down in that, in that first one, forgiveness cycle, write down plan B. Plan B. Write down in the victory cycle, write down plan A. And here's what the Christian life is like. When we go, we stay on the victory cycle. Just, that's, our, that's our goal. Okay, I'm tempted. I remember who I am. I'm offering myself to God. I don't sin. But you guys, are there times where I'm going to mess up and I'm going to go, oh, I'm not offering myself and I do sin? And we go, oh, now it's over. No, what do you do? Plan B. Okay, I sinned. What do I do? Repent, right? I'm restored. But don't stay on that cycle. Go, now I'm going to go back over here. And I want to stay on this cycle more than I stay on this cycle. And this is what happens in the Christian life. For some of you, you just realize that you actually, there's actually a way for you not to continue to sin. 
And you're going to be on that cycle this year for 1% of the time. There's going to be that one time where you go, okay, I'm, okay, that's it. I'm offering myself to God. I give up. I'm offering myself to God. And you don't sin. You go, wow. But because you're so used to this forgiveness cycle, that's just what you're used to. I, I don't even, I'm not even thinking about it. And as time goes on, you keep thinking more and more. I'm going to remember who I am. I'm going to offer myself to God instead of sin. I'm not going to try to fight sin on my own. I'm going to give myself to God in this moment. I'm, this is who I am, my child of God. And you're going to do that. And the next year, you're going to be on it 5% of the time. And the next season of your life, you're going to be on it 10% of the time. And one day, and it depends on, it, it's all different for all of us. Don't compare yourself to other people. Just compare yourself to the year before. Compare yourself to the month before. Compare yourself to the season before. That makes sense? Don't compare yourself to other people. You'll either get proud or you'll get defeated. Just go, how am I doing with God? And as time goes on, you guys, you find yourself more on the victory cycle than on the forgiveness cycle. The forgiveness cycle's there to get you back on the, on the victory cycle. And one day, you guys, I'm telling you, you will be on the victory cycle 51% of the time and on the forgiveness cycle 49% of the time. And there will be a time where you will be on the victory cycle 80% of the time and on the forgiveness cycle 20% of the time. And that's how you continue to become more and more not like the world, but like who you really are. It's a journey, you guys, okay? It's okay. If you fail, true repentance, get back on the right cycle. And your goal is to just go, I want to grow and be on this cycle more. Let me pray for us, you guys. God, thank you for this reminder this morning, just what the Christian life is of how do we actually live out not in this world, even though we're in it. Sin hasn't been defeated, not yet. Sin is still just as powerful as it always was. We'd remember that, God. We'd remember we are not more powerful than sin no matter what we are, but God, you are. And now that we're not slaves of sin, we don't have to sin. We have another master we can offer ourselves to instead. And we're so thankful for that. So God, I pray for all of us, myself included, that next year at this time, we'll be on the victory cycle just a little more than on the forgiveness cycle. And we thank you for the forgiveness cycle. We thank you for who you are, but we thank you also for the, for the victory cycle that you can have victory over sin through us. And it's all because of you. In your name, amen.